I don't know. It's just not right now. Another one that I hear on a regular basis is, I don't know enough about Scripture. And to some, I look and I go, man, like you've been a part of the church. You've been a part of uh, growing in a church for a really long time. How much Scripture do you need to know before you begin to serve in his church? Another one, I'm too busy in other commitments right now. Um, I would love to use this one right now. (laughs) I have two teenage girls. I help coach a seventh grade girls basketball team. One of my daughters plays competitive softball. Listen, busyness is what we make it, but it's not an excuse to not do what God's called us to do. I want to think sometimes and go, man, if Jesus were in our presence, if God himself were asking us individually saying, hey, I need you to do this, would you look at him and say, "Ah, I'm a little busy right now. Another thing that I hear on a regular basis is I'm working on me right now. And listen, this is a valid thing. This is something that if you need to go through a season of rest or a season of spiritual growth, this is a healthy thing. And then some, it's just a simple answer of, I don't want to do it. Now, this was cured when I got married. Anybody with me? There were so many things that I did not want to do. And my wife was like, we're doing this. I don't want to. I don't care. How many of your kids, you go, hey, can you please take the trash out? I don't want to. Oh, okay, I'm good. Well, if you don't want to, I'll do it. Does anybody parent that way? Look, the reality is we come to this with so many excuses as to why not. And I love what Luke chapter 10 and verse 38 through 42 lays out for us. Because not only does scripture lay out this framework and this understanding, he gives us a great example, a great illustration of two individuals for us to study and understand from. So I love how this begins. To give kind of context, Jesus was going to a home of Mary and Martha. He was going to be in their presence, walk into their home. And so imagine if Jesus were coming to your house today, what would you do to prepare Would you lay out all the Bibles and just, hey, Jesus, I love it when you said this in this place. All the Bibles that are in an antique chest somewhere, the big family Bible, you'd lay out all of these things. You'd have crosses and pictures and you'd make sure like the fridge was clean and all these things would be cleaned up. So imagine this is what Mary and Martha are going through. They know that Jesus, this teacher that is continually teaching truth, is getting ready to walk into their doors. We pick this up in verse 38. He says, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now just pause for a second. Jesus is entering into their house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now imagine this. Two sisters, Mary and Martha, in this place with Jesus present. Listen to Mary's response. Mary stopped everything that she was doing and she sat at the feet of 
of Jesus. Verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She, imagine she was making sure everybody had a glass of sweet tea and something to eat and some food to go with it and that Jesus was comfortable and that everybody knew where the restroom was and everybody had a chair and everybody had a seat. And she was so busy with everything that was taking place, she was not listening to Jesus. Now, I love how this conversation went next because this is kind of the tattletale portion of this story. He said, but Martha was distracted with much serving and she went up to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now, be honest. How many of you have a sister? How many of you would go to Jesus and tell on her? this this is legit this is Martha going Mary is just sitting at your feet and I'm doing all of the work now how many of you are on team Martha right now I'm gonna go ahead and give you if you don't know the rest of this story this is gonna be bad for you how many of you are on team Mary okay so nobody's on anybody's team this morning that's good I feel like we're on a good baseline But the Lord's response, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And I picture as Martha is hearing those words, maybe she receives them in a humble fashion, But I almost picture that as she receives those words, her head begins to kind of sulk a little bit. Going, how can I be distracted with all of the work that I missed sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning from him? And I tell you that this morning so that you understand Martha is a servant, a servant to the nth degree. And listen, in our current culture and in our church culture, a lot of times the ones who serve the most get the most gratification and the most glory and all of these things. But the reality is it's not important how much they serve. It's important the motivation behind why they serve. Mary kept it really simple. Listen, sometimes I want to look at this story and go, hey, Mary, you could have helped out a little. You could have at least like welcomed the guests. But she knew what was of greatest importance. Jesus' response to you this morning is that same response. What are you busy doing that's more important than learning from me. Look, sometimes this can be something in the church and uh, this self-evaluation has to begin to take place. Do you find yourself serving without being founded in Christ? Look, one of the things that happens in church a lot of times is that we try to earn favor by doing good works. 
Do you find yourself wanting to be seen as someone who serves Christ or are you somebody that truly knows him? I love that in this context, he eliminates anything that we could possibly do to earn our way to salvation. And I love how Romans 5, 8 puts this. He says, but God showed his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Catch that. It wasn't that we served our way. It wasn't that we served and did all of these things and checked all of these religious boxes to make sure that our eternity would be set. He says, there's nothing that you can do to earn your salvation. I've already done it for you. So what comes into question next is what is our motive to serve? See, the reality for me is it's a humble response. I cannot believe that Christ would go to the cross, die on the cross for my sins. It's humbling for me to know that fact. And it humbles me so much that it changes the trajectory of my life. I no longer want to live to please and honor myself. I want to live to please and honor the Lord in everything that I do. And look, the reality is over the past three weeks, I've encouraged you to get involved. I've encouraged you to serve and I've encouraged and motivated you so much that you may have filled out that card last week without knowing Christ personally first. So we have to ask ourselves a few questions as to why we're serving and why we're doing the things that we do. So let me give you a new perspective in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58. Paul says this, therefore my beloved brethren, and he gives them an understanding of what it means to genuinely serve, what it means to be somebody that lives a lifestyle of service. He says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast. This term means continually focused on Christ, that we continue to stay the course. So we come to this place and we go, I served for a while, but I got burnt out. Or I served for a while and I didn't like the people that I was serving with. Or I I was involved with something and somebody said something that just didn't strike me well, so I quit. He says, therefore, my beloved, be steadfast, stand firm. No matter the circumstances for us, we should press forward. Then he continues with the term immovable. One of the things that I love is that my girls are getting older and older and older. And sometimes they come up and they try to move me. Just as a nudge or a push. And so my background is I played fullback and linebacker in high school. I don't get moved much. It's one of those things where being steadfast, continually strong, immovable, making sure that nothing changes the trajectory of our life. And he says these words. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. 
Catch that. He didn't say always abounding in the faith. He didn't say always abounding in the trust. He said always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Don't move from the main thing. Keep the purpose. Keep it from being anything else. Don't be distracted. Keep it about Jesus. And I love how he closes that verse that we don't labor in vain. Have you ever walked away from an event maybe you were serving at and you were getting into your car and you said, nobody even thanked me. Anybody with me? Look, one of my pet peeves, just so you know, is if I hold the door for a multitude of people, at least one should say thank you. Don't we live in the South? Isn't that proper etiquette? Look, it, 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 there's so much, and maybe when I get older and I wear rock ports and block socks, maybe I'll begin to say these things. I'll go, hey, oh, you're welcome. Anybody with me? Look, it, it's like the, the simplest thing, and it, they look at you like, oh, you're the door holder. Good job. No, no, no. I'm a grown man serving you. Now, all of you are going to be so super skeptical of anybody that holds the door for you today. <laughs> and so I, I've given you kind of a heads up in, in those things. But the reality is sometimes we do things for the wrong motives. I don't hold the door open for people hoping that they would say, thank you, Jeff, you're the greatest door holder ever. <laughs> the same reason that we serve in the church, we should not look for a response saying, hey, how can it be about me? I love that scripture tells us that we don't do this work in vain. Look, there's some things that we do in vain, but the reality is that scripture and doing the work of the Lord will never be in vain. And so it calls in our question, our motivation. Do we serve willingly? Do we serve in the places that God has placed us for the right reasons? So let me give you just a, a personal reflection for me. The reason that I do what I do as the pastor of Pooler Bible Church, my goal is very, very, very clear. My goal is to retire from this place. And when I hand off the reins to the next person, I have goals that would make that next person in a much better position than where we started at. My goal is to have everything paid off to have a staff that's put together, that's working continually in this church, in this community. To train a church to stay strong no matter what takes place. My goal is not short-sighted in hoping that this church would just sustain my family and take care of us. Look, a hundred years from now, this church should still be a beacon of light in this community. But it's what we do now that sets that course. Look, one of the things that I, I wish I could tell you is that we are established and everything is completed and you're walking into this ready-made place, but God hasn't called us to do that. He's called us to work and to grunt and to do this so that the next generation can receive the gospel over and over and over.
Look, sometimes I think God has designed me in this way. Anybody get bored really easy? If life was just laid out for you and super easy, what would you do with all of the rest of your time? So I thought, how can I drive this point home? How can I give us a good understanding of why not now? Does anybody ever create a bucket list? Anybody? Okay, a few. The definition of a bucket list is this. A list of things a person wants to achieve or experience as or before reaching a certain age or dying. A friend of mine, she's not here this morning. She's actually fulfilling one of her bucket list items uh, by speaking at a leadership event for other principals in Athens. But when we met a a couple years ago, I think we were going to dinner and she began to talk about this bucket list. And I was like, holy cow, this girl is driven. And her name is April Harvey. She does announcements for us a little bit. And so I want to share with you a video that she put together that talks about her bucket list. Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Welcome to Fuller Bible Church. My name is April Harvey, and I'm a proud member here of Fuller Bible Church. We're going on, gosh, I think it's a decade now. In 2023, it'll be 10 years. Uh, Earlier in the week, Pastor Jeff sent me a text message and asked if I would talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and that's a list. But not any list. He wanted me to talk to you a little bit about bucket lists. So if you are one of my Facebook friends, you probably have seen some of these seasonal bucket lists that my family and I create. I have a daughter who's nine years old and another one who's four. So the three of us and my husband, we co-construct these lists every season to talk about what do we want to do to live well uh, and have some fun. How are we going to love deeply? What can we do to do that? How are we going to eat well and try some adventurous new things or some traditional things that we've um, made over time? And then how do we travel on on those big and little adventures? So with two kids and a very busy life and, and, and all the chaos that that entails it can be really easy to just netflix and nap and that's my like kind of go-to um left to my own devices but these bucket lists have really helped us live intentionally about and think intentionally about making the most of the margins in our life but bucket lists are not something that was just created whenever my girls came about over the last decade um I have kind of been obsessed with bucket lists and annual list. Every and start of every season, I will create an annual bucket list. And these are my goals and, and, and dreams. Some of them are big things that take more than a year to do. They are um, big, audacious goals. Some of them are things that are just silly or fun. So, for instance, 10 years ago, I wrote about wanting to be a principal, wanting to be a professor or my doctorate, travel to 50 states, and, and those, some of those things have come to fruition. Some of those things I'm still working on. Some of those things are just fun, silly things, like I want to try uh, acupuncture or cold water therapy. Some of the things you can see, they've been squiggled out because I used to think that they um, 
or something to be fun and then maybe decided that that, that wasn't a bucket list adventure that I wanted to go on or um, part of the journey but what has been beneficial to me is these bucket lists also become my prayer journals, also become the time that I talk and share what's on my heart with God. It's a part of calling my shot, but it's all a, all a part of making sure that I am being intentional with my time because we only have this one one life um, and if we get it right we only need one but I just want to make sure that I'm making the most of the time that God has given me here and that I'm being intentional with my time uh, here and so I look back and I know that God's still got a lot of work um, to do in me but I look at the person I was before and I just think the intentionality that comes from calling your shot, communicating that with God through a box has been something that's grown me as a person. So I'm, I don't have no idea what Pastor Jeff is going to tell you today with regard to bucket list, but I am going to challenge you, whatever that looks like for you. Be intentional. Think about what you can do to make meaning, memory, um, and a lasting impact in your own life and in others. And how that happens um, doesn't it doesn't happen by chance. Be intentional is the way that you're going to get there. Happy bucket list making. Now, how many of you feel inspired? How many of you feel depressed? Okay, this can cause both of these things to take place. Uh, but here's the reality. I'm going to have uh, our offering team begin to hand these out. Okay, uh, this is just an example of what a spiritual bucket list looks like. I think sometimes the reason why we're not accomplishing things and the reason why we're not fulfilling a lot of things is we have no intentional effort on fulfilling what God has called us to do. We kind of leave it to chance. Okay, if somebody walks up to me and they're lost and they don't know Jesus, I'll share it with them. But I think our spiritual life needs to look a lot different than that. We need to be very intentional about what we're doing and where we are focused with. And so the same way that we have different dreams and grandiose ideas and things like that, this is a spiritual bucket list. Just a place to start. This is something that I think every one of us can kind of hold on to. And listen, some of them are for you. Some of them are not for you. But I love what she said. She said, if I find something on there that I don't like, I just squiggle it off. One of the things that my wife and I did before we got married, and we didn't really have a bucket list, uh, but I had always wanted to go skydiving. Anybody with me? Anybody been skydiving? Okay. Anybody never going to go skydiving? Okay. I get it. My wife and I went and I, I love the, the adrenaline rush and jumping out of a plane and all those things like that that come with it. But listen, the reality is I had to be focused on it. I had to save my money to be able to do it. And then I actually had to follow through with it. And so the reality is this is just a, a, an illustrative card for you. This is something that, that you may look through and say, man, that's something that I want to accomplish. But I, I hope that you see this card not as just a, hey, I can check my box, but that you see this card as something that motivates you and drives you and pushes you for the right reason. Some of the things that are illustrated on this card, 
<coughs> excuse me, read through the Bible. You'll actually see this one twice on this card. It's that important. One of them is get out of debt. You go, Jeff, is that really a spiritual issue? Yes. How you manage your finances, how you live dictates whether or not you honor the Lord with those things. Read a theology book. Pray for 30 minutes. One of the things I did as a youth pastor years ago is we set aside a whole hour to pray. A lot of my students looked at me and said, I don't know how to pray for an hour. And I go, we're going to learn it together. Imagine if I were to tell you, hey, we're canceling my sermon this morning. We're all just going to sit here and pray for 30 to 45 minutes. How many of you would leave? And I don't know how to do that. Visit a nursing home. Throw a social event for your neighbors. Visit the Holy Land. Serve at a homeless shelter. Forgive someone. Man, that may be a monumental task. Lead someone to Christ. Chaperone a youth event. Accept Christ. This is a starting point before all of these even make sense. Memorize an entire chapter of Scripture. It's interesting that we can memorize song lyrics, we can memorize movies, but when it comes to scripture, it seems like this daunting task that we can't fulfill. Buy Christmas for a family in need. Disciple someone. Go on a missions trip. Become an expert in one book of the Bible. Man, just marinate on one book of the Bible and hold on to it so that you become an expert on everything that is in that book. Encourage someone. Improve your prayer life. Here it is again. Read through the Bible. Give your testimony to somebody. Apologize to someone that you've wronged. Write down your spiritual journey and pray with and for someone. The reality is without a bucket list, it's hard to accomplish things. Without some type of trajectory, without some type of intentionality like what April was talking about, it's hard for us to do these things. Look, the reality is that we are living our spiritual lives just by hope and by chance. We need to hone this in and be very specific and say, God, where do you want me to be? What do you want me to fulfill? How do you want me to accomplish it? So these are some targeted areas for you and for me just to spend time praying through and saying, God, what would you have me do? What's that step of faith look like for me? And I challenge you, do this with the right motivation. To go back to Mary and Martha, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus until she knew what God had called her to do. Martha was so busy serving that she couldn't see what God desired of her. Look, spend some time alone with the Lord, seeking his direction. And then when he moves you, move. Go in the direction that he's called you to go. Be steadfast, be immovable, be strong in what he's called you to do. Look, for so long over the past couple of years in COVID and all those things, the church has been dispersed. Look, over these past couple of years, there are people that don't know that church even still exists. They don't know what it's about and they've become dispersed and we've lost our intentional focus. Our goal is to reach this community with the gospel. We know who Jesus is. We know how he can change our hearts and change our lives. And we should be sharing that with others. So I challenge you, 
why not start fulfilling your spiritual bucket list? We started with the question of why not now? And look, with each one of these, you can come up with probably 10 excuses as to why not. Can I ask you to change your approach? Stop making excuses for once in your life with your spiritual walk. Begin to go, God, I can do this with your help. My favorite excuse in scripture is where God tells Moses to go rescue his people. (laughs) Moses' response is, I can't. I stutter. What's your excuse? Now, ultimately, Moses did what God called him to do. Stop making excuses and start living an intentional life that God has called you to live. If everybody would bow their heads and close their eyes just for a second. My hope and my prayer in this sermon series is that we stop making excuses for why we can't do what God has called us to do. We start looking internally and saying, why not now? I love the word intentional. That when we wake up, we're so focused, so deliberate to fulfill what God desires of us. But I think one of the reasons why people get so burnt out in serving in church is that they miss the real motivation. Serving in kids is not about the kids. Serving in a worship team is not about the music. Serving as an usher, serving in the youth department, whatever place that you're serving in is not about the other people. It is about bringing glory and honor to God. So I ask you, I beg you, I plead with you as your pastor, begin to start working on some of those bucket list items. Stop procrastinating, stop making excuses, and begin to fulfill God's purpose for your life. The joy that comes from that far supersedes any adrenaline rush that you could ever experience. And it comes with a life of serving and seeing God continually work. Why not now? There's no excuse to fulfill what God's called you to do. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you Lord, seeking to glorify and honor you this morning. Lord, thankful for an example of Mary and Martha seeing what's truly important. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be people that are steadfast and not wavering with what you've called us to do. Lord, we know that you are a good God, a gracious God, a God that changes people's hearts no matter what circumstance that they're in. Lord, may we change the trajectory of our life and truly live for you. Father, we praise you this morning. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray, amen. If everybody would stand as the worship team sings.
this invitation is open to you. Maybe you've been distracted with many different things in your life and you're not really sure what's next or how to put all this together. Maybe it's just a starting point to say, I'm gonna pray and just ask God to give me wisdom and direction on what he wants me to do.